right, good morning, good morning. You can take a seat. Well, my name is Neely McQueen. I'm one of the pastors here. I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers and young adults, probably the greatest humans in the world. But I'm so glad you're here. You might have noticed there's a little bit more excitement in the room. There's first grade and up in here. And so there's a lot of like energy and joy because Christmas is coming. It's close. But you know what, I, I have to say, I feel like kids get a really bad rap about making Christmas all about presents. Like, I think we kind of are down on kids sometimes. And here's why. I love gifts. <laughs> I love getting gifts. I'm a grown woman, and I love gifts. Like, I don't even know if you love me if you haven't given me a gift. Like, I am serious. And I, my, my husband wants me to clarify, like, I'm actually not hinting about you giving me a gift. Like, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm just setting up a story. Because uh, when Josh and I started dating, we started dating, and three uh, months later, it was Christmas. So we were brand new into the relationship, which put, like, a whole bunch of pre pressure on, like, Christmas and buying gifts, right? Because you want to get the gift that says, look, I really know you. Look how well we're working out. I, I picked out a perfect gift for you. And then you don't want to make it, like, too serious because then it's like, wait, are we getting married? Oh my gosh, are you proposing? Like, you know, you, you got to be careful with the gift, right? So we have dinner and we do the gift thing and I give him my gifts, which I, I'm so good at giving gifts, so I'm sure I crushed it so well we don't even remember what I gave him, right? But um, I open my first gift from him and I open it and I'm like, huh. and I kind of unravel it and I'm like, is this a poster with a bunny? at a sewing machine? <laughs> what? I'm like, oh, cool. Inside I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like my whole life flashes in front of me and there is no Josh and Neely McQueen. It's over. Like I'm already thinking like, how do I get out of this relationship, you know? So he hands me another gift and I'm like, brace yourself, Neely, like, get ready, have the cool face, like, you love it, you know, like, I opened it up, and inside the gift was a vintage Star Wars t-shirt, and all was right with the world again. We celebrated 20 years of marriage, we have beautiful kids, it literally was a Christmas miracle, like, God's sovereign hand directed him to that t-shirt because things could have gone the other way, you know? Like, it confirms for me something I already knew about my husband. He's almost perfect. <laughs> so very close. <laughs> Not quite there. I do love gifts. I do love getting them. I will have to say that, like, the older I get, have gotten, I, like, love the idea of giving gifts. I love seeing people experience joy when I give them a gift. I, I, I've come to believe it is true that it's better to give than receive. And that's what we're talking about today a little bit. We're talking about this idea of finding joy in the other. How do you find joy in the middle of this season when it's so much about ourselves? How do you find it in the other? And when I look at the birth story in scripture, I think actually Mary sets the best example for us in this. I think she sets such a great example. And I love the story of Mary. People often ask me, like, why do you work with teenagers? Like, why does a 44-year-old woman hang out so much with teenagers? Don't you have friends your own age? No, I don't, okay? Don't judge me. Just kidding. I, I do have, I have a couple. 
like two. It's fine. It's fine. But no, I love teenagers. And I do because of the story of Mary. There's something so great about this teenage girl who says yes to God's story. And because she says yes, the entire world is changed because of a teenager. Isn't that crazy? Think about it. Like, imagine most scholars think Mary was between the ages of 14 and 16. So for us, that's 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, middle school to high school, right? That's crazy when we really start to, like, put an age to it. And this angel shows up and he says, Mary, you are highly favored. You are chosen. You 14-year-old kid, you are chosen. And you are highly favored. You will carry God's son. You will bring the Messiah into the world. And classic teenager just like has one question, you know? How? You know, like how are you going to make this happen? And honestly, if you look at the scripture, like in Luke, it's still one of the most confusing and greatest mysteries of scripture. The how. It's actually the angel answers in a way that doesn't really answer the how question. And what does Mary do? Mary replies, yeah, okay, I'm the Lord's servant, I'll do it. Honestly, only a teenager would say yes to that kind of crazy idea. The rest of us adults would be like, well, actually, it sounds a bit risky. You know, I've got some stuff going on this week. A teenager's like, yes, let's do it. You know, like, that's amazing. And because Mary says yes, what happens, it's, it's crazy. The angel says, you're highly favored. But because she says yes, initially some things happen for her that aren't highly favored. Right? It's not, it doesn't equal right away things turn good. Because imagine, imagine being a teenager and going to your parents. Some of you, it's not that hard to imagine. Like, you go to your parents, you're like, Mom, Dad, i got something to tell you. You're probably going to want to sit down for this news. And you're like, ah... Uh, so, I'm pregnant, and, you know, the parents are like, what do you, Joseph, that, oh, no, it's not Joseph, you, you scandal, they're like freaking out, she's like, no, 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 chill, you got chill, mom, dad, chill, it's God's baby. <laughs> Honestly, I've heard a lot of weird excuses from teenagers, but that has got to be up there, like, that's crazy, right, but she doesn't, she says, no, it's God's baby, and, you know, parents, in that moment, they're probably freaking out, they're probably thinking, Oh, is something wrong with Mary? Is she not thinking right? Like, what's going on? And then Mary is pledged to be married to Joseph. And Joseph's like, what do I do? Do I marry this girl? Because she's clearly been unfaithful. And she's like trying to tell me that she's been unfaithful with God, but this doesn't make sense. That's crazy. So should I get out of this? Because this is scandalous. So Mary's yes is complicated. It's not like it was blissful for her. It, there was a lot tied to it. But Mary said, yes, there's this Christmas song out right now. It's been out for a while. It's called Mary, Did You Know? And I don't mean to offend anyone, but I cannot stand that song. Obviously, she knew. That's why she said yes. You don't, like, say yes. Oh, I think I'll be pregnant. That makes no sense to me at all. You know, I don't know why Mary talked like that. That was my, my, I don't know. Stop while you're ahead, Neely. Um, It doesn't make any sense. You know, like, it doesn't make sense for her to say yes, but she does. And here's what it means. It means favor for her, but it means favor for us also. And that's your first fill in the outline. You can write this in. Mary carried Jesus for others, including us. Including us. Matthew says this. As he considered this, this is when an angel appeared to Joseph. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. 
Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. And underline this, for he will save his people from their sins. See, Mary's yes to God was the redemption of all people, including you and me. It's redemption for the other. And I want to show you, like, my favorite piece of art ever. Oh, you're right. Good point. My second favorite piece of art. Um, This is actually a painting by a nun, and it's this beautiful painting of Mary and Eve. And there's a couple things I want to point out to you when you look at it. The first is the fruit in Eve's hand. And this goes back to the story in Genesis where Adam and Eve disobeyed and they ate the fruit. And because of that, sin entered the world. And you can see the shame that sin brings on Eve's face. You can see the pain and the brokenness that comes from sin. You and I would all be able to tell a story of how you and I have experienced pain at the hand of sin from others and our own pain. Like, we know that. So you see the sorrow on Eve's face, but then you see Mary's face. You see the compassion, the empathy, the joy, the gentleness in which she touches Eve. And you understand, she understands this moment that she, she plays a bigger role than we've often given her credit for. And you'll notice another thing is there's a serpent under her foot. And in Genesis, there's a prophetic uh, imagery painted that the serpent will be crushed, that Satan will be defeated. And this is a beautiful image for us. But see, here's the deal. God saves us. God's doing the work. But Mary says, yes, I'm willing to collaborate. I'm willing to partner with you for the benefit of all humanity, for all people. I will, I will play my role to bring redemption from the fall of garden. And Mary does so willingly. And because she does, she experiences joy. In fact, uh, this is your next feeling. It says, Mary found joy in others encountering Jesus. Last week, Pastor Mike talked about the angels appearing to the shepherds, like the low uh, on the status, the, the down and outers, the shepherds. But the angels show up to them. And I want to go back to this story. I want to pick up where the angels appear to the shepherds, and it's found in Luke 2. And this is what it says. The angels begin to sing, Glory to God in highest heaven. And peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had return, returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Another translation says this of the passage, that when this happened, Mary treasured it in her heart. She found joy in others encountering Jesus. Now imagine giving birth in a manger. I don't want to. Like just, but just kind of imagine. It's, it's dirty. There's animals. It's messy. It probably smells. And you've given birth, and now strange men come into this place that you've had a baby. Now, here's the deal. When I had my firstborn son, in a hospital, which was awesome. Um, If you want to see my baby, if you want to come see my child, here's the deal. I need proof of your vaccinations. You needed to be clean from any cold flus for six months. You need to wash your hands, sanitize them, put gloves on, and a mask. And then you had to hope I picked your name out of the lottery. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just anybody gets to hold my baby. I mean, it just got different by the time I had a third. But the first, for sure. You know? 
first for sure. And these shepherds, they show up and they come in and they're smelly and they're the down and outers and they're probably loud and excited and you're like, I just got them to sleep. You know, like they're so excited because they want to tell Mary what, just, what they just saw. They want to show, tell her about the angels and the promise of the Messiah, of peace on earth. And what does Mary do? She doesn't push them away. She finds joy in it. She finds joy in the shepherds encountering Jesus. She finds joy in that. And so what does that mean for us? What, what does that say to us? The first thing is this, is that Jesus is for us, and he's for others. Mary's favor meant the world's favor. Mary's favor meant her favor, the world's favor, our favor. The gift of Jesus didn't stop with her. She became like a channel of God's favor. Amen. It's like at Christmas when you have a gift for the whole family, and one person gets to open it, right? You have the dog or the cat or the, is a cat a gift? I don't know. Um, the dog, you have a, a board game, you have a vacation, and one kid gets to open it, but everybody in the family gets to enjoy it. Paul explains it this way in Corinth. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. See, Paul says here, the gift is for us. Christ's gift is for us. It's reconciling us to Christ. We experience the power of God's gift personally. But then we get to participate in the work of helping others experience that gift. The reconciled become partners in the reconciliation work. We play a role. It's like there's this scene in um, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, and they're talking about Lucy, one of the littlest kids, getting a gift. And the gift is a vial of medicine, right? And when she's handed the gift, he says this, Lucy, this gift is for you and your friends. So Lucy understands the intent. Yes, this gift is for me, but it's also for anyone who gets sick. It's for all people. The theologian Martin Luther, he described God's gift to us as a flowing river. And he uses this metaphor to help us understand our role in others experiencing Christ. He says this, Good things flow from Christ and are flowing into us. He has assumed us and acted for us as if he had been what we are. These good things flow from us onto those who have need of them, so that we should lay before God our faith and righteousness that they may cover and intercede for the sins of our neighbor, which we take upon ourselves, and so labor and serve them as if they were our very own. Luther uses this description. He says we are midstream. Like we shouldn't be what stops it. We should be flowing. The gift of God flows to us and flows out and benefits the other. Amen. Others experience it. We, we get joy from that. There's joy in that. When we make our spiritual journey all about us, when we turn inward towards ourselves only, we limit ourselves. We limit the joy we experience. 
our faith becomes so self-oriented that it gets easy to get stuck. I mean, it just, we can make it so much about me that we miss out. In fact, we experience the opposite of joy because we make it about ourselves. But when we allow ourselves to become a channel, a stream which good things flow from us, from Christ to us, to others, we experience joy. We experience. And that's our final fill-in. We can find joy in others encountering Jesus. So to be clear about finding joy in others, I want to make a point here. Because I have a lot of shortcomings. Too much to spend on it today. Really a lot. Um, but one of my shortcomings is I, I like it, like it maybe strong. I find joy when people fall. I, I don't know what it is. Like, pain is, to me, like, I don't know. Like, again, I think that something is probably wrong with me inside. You know, like, I fall, too, in fairness, I fall and I laugh. Like, fell down the stairs recently, walking with Pat. I was falling. He was more concerned about me than I was. It was like, I just, I don't know. It's, pray for me, right? Um, so, but I, so, Christmas came early in the office. One of my, uh, uh, the people I work with, Pastor Connor, he's a young adult pastor. We, someone brought in a, a little swagway hoverboard thing, and Christmas came early for Neely. So watch this. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm sort of concerned. Um, but, oh, yeah, yeah. I got um, that. Still laughing. <laughs> One more time. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can fully experience the joy and t unless you see this. Yeah, there it is. Ah, oh, so good. Honestly, honestly, um, I, I feel bad. He's fine. He's fine. You should also pray for my kids because my, ki my poor kids, they like fall down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? You know, like, <laughs> mama's so concerned. You know, like, I'm the worst, I, I promise. So, but that is not the joy. That is not the joy I'm talking about this morning. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about the joy like Mary had. The joy where Mary had joy. She experienced joy because others encountered Jesus. They encountered Jesus. Like, have you ever had a gift that you've gotten for someone and you were so excited to give it to them? You're like, oh my gosh, this is the best gift. You are not going to believe what I got you. Do you want to open it? I know it's November, but it's so good. You know, and they're like, no, wait till Christmas. Why? Why do you want to wait? It's so good, you know? And then they're like opening it, and you're like, <laughs> like just watching them, just like eating it. <laughs> you know, it's so good. When my son was turning five, he had asked for this, um, this little piece of technology that we didn't really do that. We were... It was a little bit probably out of our price range to buy. We just didn't do that. But he really wanted it. We were like, just bud, you gotta, we're not going to get it for you. So you just got to let it go. Well, we were starting to feel like, oh, maybe we should try to find it. So we looked on Craigslist, you know, because we're fancy. Um, we looked on Craigslist, and we found it. And so we got it for him. And I'll never forget the moment. Like, he opens the box, which is a, bo a Converse shoes box. And he opens it, and he pulls out the technology got this for me and like his friends are going crazy all around and he's like you really got it for me and I'm like oh my word yes and I'll get it again do you want a brand new one what else do you want you know like it was there was so much joy in that moment so much joy in experiencing giving that gift to him 
right? It's so great. It's, it's hard to, when someone's experiencing something good, it's hard for us not to have joy. In fact, I would challenge you. I, want, I would challenge you to watch this video and not have joy. We got the baby's first pair of glasses. He already hates it. Christian. Christian. Open your eyes, buddy. Hi. 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 Hi, Munchkin. <laughs> you like them? Like Hi, you like them, huh? See, that's good, right? You experience joy. There's so much joy in that. It's so good to, to see someone experience something. Like, he experiences new vision. But when we experience someone seeing and understanding Jesus and the fullness of who Jesus is, that's the best gift ever. I mean, literally, someone will go from feeling like their life has no meaning, they are not worthy, and suddenly, in a moment, they encounter Jesus. They encounter the God who says, I love you, and I have a purpose for your life, and instantly, their, moment, their life changes. Have you ever seen it? It's literally the greatest. It's the greatest feeling to see that moment. And there's joy in it. When we experience it, there's joy. It's contagious. I mean, there's contagious joy watching him see clearly. But there's also so much in seeing others experience Jesus. Amen. And when you look at Mary, Mary who found joy in the shepherds, the shepherds also experienced that joy. Check it out in Luke. It says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds encountered Jesus. They encountered the power of him being the Messiah. And they know in this moment that their life has changed. And they begin to tell everybody. They're just telling whoever will listen. And suddenly these lowly shepherds are elevated because people are astonished by their message. There's power in it. There's joy in it. And here's the reality. Here's the reality. You and I, we have an opportunity because tomorrow is Christmas Eve. And one of the days where people expect to go to church or think they might go to church or kind of make plans to go to church is Christmas Eve. So we have an opportunity to invite those in our life, those around us, to experience Jesus, to encounter Jesus for the first time. Like, have you ever sat by somebody in a church service when they're hearing it for the first time and you see they're listening and they're hearing about God with us, Emmanuel and Jesus and the power of that and how it can transform their lives and you kind of see little tears coming to their eyes because suddenly they understand the power of it. And you're just sitting there because you get the joy of seeing that happen. And that's the invitation we have tomorrow. Isn't that crazy? A simple invitation can change somebody else's life and ultimately ours as well. And how cool is this? How generous is God? How good is God that we would be a part of the reconciliation work? We would get to see God transform someone else's life, see the joy that brings. And the benefit is it doesn't end there because we get joy too. How cool is that? That we get to participate in the work, but also in the joy. That's amazing. 
And I happen to believe that Christmas Eve is one of the best services at Overlake. It's the best night. There's so many great elements from that night, and it, it's an easy invitation. And this night only gets better. It only gets better when we get to sit with those encountering Jesus for the first time, people we love, and we get to see them encounter Jesus. And my prayer for you and my prayer for myself is that we would become channels, that we wouldn't be people, Christians, who, who stop God's love. Instead, that we would open that. We'd be midstream. We would flow, let it flow to others. That, that, that we would experience the joy that comes in letting that happen. Amen. The joy that comes in watching someone else hear the greatest news ever. That they are loved and they have purpose. And that God is with them. Join me in prayer. Jesus, I, I thank you so much for your love for us, that you call us, that you care for us, that you save us, God. And I also thank you, God, so much for Mary, for her courage to say yes, to say yes to something that was so unknown and scary. And, and because of her yes, we benefit. We experience your goodness. And God, would we have the courage in this room to be like Mary, that we would be willing to say, yes, God, yes, what, wherever you want me to do, whoever you want me to speak to, wherever you want me to share your love, God, I say yes. I don't know what it means. I don't know how uncomfortable it might be, but God, I say yes. Would we be willing to be those people? And God, thank you for letting us experience joy when we say yes. Thank you for being so generous and so good to us. God, it is such amazing grace. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and sing with me?